This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. A lot to break down from this Rockets-Pistons game. Jalen Green versus Cade Cunningham. Um... It was a fun game up until the Rockets let it get away from them uh, and then tried to, you know, had to claw their way back into it. Uh, but, you know, before we dive into this one, I got to let you know today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, uh, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Now, this, this, this game... This should have been a win. Like the Rockets are now one in ten on the season, and this game should have been the like th- this was the game, first game in forever that they were favored, right? And they managed to lose it for a variety of different reasons, and we're gonna pick apart all of those. I want to talk mainly, you know, two of the main main areas that I want to focus on in segments two and three are the offense. And the rotations, uh, because it's it's honestly gotten to a point where it's a little bit maddening. So the Rockets were very much in in like it felt like they were kind of in control of this game for the first half. Um, they should have had a six point cushion going into halftime. They gave up up they gave up a couple easy buckets at the end of the first half, and suddenly the Pistons are within one at the end of two quarters. And Third frame rolls around. Jeremy Grant absolutely explodes in the third quarter, has 21 of his on, on his way to 35 points in the third quarter, was getting it done everywhere, was getting it done at the rim, was getting it done from the mid-range, three-point arc, everywhere. Rockets just couldn't contain Jeremy Grant in that third frame. Uh, Cade Cunningham had a pretty solid game, and we're going to get into some of the specifics between the matchup the uh, the the as build matchup between him and Jalen Green, uh, Cade finishing with twenty points on eight of eighteen shooting, four of eight from behind the three point arc, had four boards, three assists, two steals, a block, and four turnovers in thirty minutes of run. And then on the Rocket side of the aisle, Jalen Green, two struggled. Jalen struggled to start this game, and then really picked it up in the. It, you know, in the second and third quarters was when he really started to kind of heat up. Um, he was just one of five in the first frame and then really started to heat up in that second and third quarter. And it it kind of culminated in this moment where, you know, Jalen's Jalen's feeling himself. He, he's cooking a little bit and he catches this pass and explodes past Cade Cunningham, gets to the rim, dunks it emphatically. And then barks at Cade Cunningham, right? Like has words for Cade right after the dunk. And Toyota Center was was rocking. Everybody was fired up. It was it was a really stellar play, right? And it felt like okay, this is you know this is Jalen, you know, trying to 
get himself fired up. The Rockets were down at that point. They were trailing, you know, anything to try and, you know, get this team energized and going. And, you know, it was a really exciting moment in the game. And then credit to Cade Cunningham, who was asked post game what he thought about the, the trash talking. And Cade said, nothing that I heard tonight held any weight to me. It was just all for the cameras. I felt like, so I wasn't really tripping. I was just trying to play the game. That is a hell of a response from Cade Cunningham. I've got to tip my cap to him. Jalen Green, you know, trying to get fired up, trying to energize his team, trying to get himself fired up. And Cade just comes out post game and says, yeah, it, it didn't matter to me. Like that's impressive um, from Cade Cunningham, who had an equally impressive game. Jalen Green, his game was impressive too. It was unfortunate that the Rockets couldn't generate seemingly any decent offense in the fourth quarter because Jalen Green should have been given a chance to really like close this game out rather than just heaving up multiple prayers at the end of shot clock opportunities uh, in the third quarter because it felt like that's what a majority... He only attempted four shots in the third quarter. They were all... Or sorry, fourth quarter, I should say. They were all from behind the arc and multiple of them were like deep shot clock heaves because the Rockets couldn't generate anything else offensively they the the offense has been just so abysmal for this Houston Rockets team and I do want to pick it apart coming up in the second segment but taking a trip around some of the other guys from the team um KPJ finished the game 18 points four of 11 shooting went to the charity strike 14 times was really aggressive in this one really liked the aggression that we saw out of Kevin Porter Jr. did have five turnovers to go with his five assists so not a perfect night for Kevin Porter Jr. Christian Wood, 20 points on 7 of 14 shooting, 3 of 6 from behind the three-point line, 3 of 6, matching his number again at the charity stripe, so that's a little bit frustrating there. Nine rebounds and three assists for C. Wood, although C. Wood didn't make any shots in the fourth quarter, so both Christian Wood and Jalen Green being held scoreless in the fourth quarter, uh, getting nothing at the rim either. I already talked about Jalen Green getting you know all his shots coming from the perimeter in the fourth quarter. Christian Wood. He had two long twos and two three pointers in the fourth quarter. Seemingly nothing, you know, was was going in for the Rockets because their offense has been that frustrating to watch. And a, a large part of it in this game was no Alper and Shingun, unfortunately. Uh, Jalen did, you know, this of this matchup between Jalen and Cade. It kind of felt like they they had some moments. Obviously, Jalen with the monster dunk, uh, and you know. Talk, uh, talking talking mess right to Cade's face was was a big part of this, but there were moments in this game it felt like where one guy would make a shot and then the, the guy the next guy would try to come down on the next possession and respond. Um, it, it never felt like it came with you know outside of the flow of the game. Like I don't think either guys were were forcing things really, um, but there was a sequence where Cade Cunningham drilled a three-pointer and then came back down on the opposite end, took a charge from Jalen Green. Then a couple possessions later, Jalen Green takes a charge on Cade Cunningham or at least gets some whistles for the offensive foul. Um, a little bit of back and forth between those two guys there. And, you know, there was a moment earlier in the game where on a closeout, Jalen drills a three-pointer right in Cade's face. And there was another one in the fourth quarter where shot clock was expiring. Jalen Green you know, had to force up a really, really tightly contested shot. And Cade was the one who got switched onto him. So that highlight reel is going to be everywhere. Uh, you know, it wasn't really, it never really felt like they were going at each other specifically. Um, I will say props to Cade Cunningham for taking the 
defensive assignment at times of guarding Jalen Green, whereas on the opposite end, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. was tasked with being largely the primary defender on Cade Cunningham while Jalen Green spent time checking Killian Hayes, uh, which I think was the right decision. Uh, KPJ has shown some much improved defense this season, one-on-one defense specifically, where his ability, he's using his length really well, he's moving his feet really well, he's making life difficult. I mean, we saw him checking LeBron James, you know, in, in against the Lakers and, you know, finding a little bit of success in that matchup, right? Really, you know, rising to the moment to to guard the opposing best player, uh, you know, at times when, when Jay Sean Tate can't check them or off of switches, that kind of thing. So... It wasn't really a direct Jalen Green versus Cade Cunningham matchup. Um, Who do you think had the better game? Because as much as I want to be able to sit here and say Jalen Green had the better night, he did what he did in 38 minutes and Cade did what he did in 30 minutes and the Pistons walked away with the win. So who had the better game between Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham? Neither of those guys are at the top of the rookie of the year race right now because Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes have had Uh, some really impressive starts to their respective seasons. Uh, Everybody believes myself included that Cade and Jalen will be there when it's all said and done at the end of the season. But right now they're not in the, they're not in spots one, two, or even three because Duarte's, you know, been having a really, really solid start to his year for the Indiana Pacers as well. But coming up, I want to get into the offense for this team. I want to get into the rotations for this team. Some of the concerns that I have, what exactly is Steven Silas doing for this Rockets team? We'll talk about that coming up after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag because BetOnline is back and better than ever. They've got a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head over to their new website. Use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. They've got you for basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. We thank you for making Locked on Rockets the first listen of your day. Now, I want to talk rotations for the Houston Rockets because Steven Silas mentioned pregame that he's still trying to kind of find the right mixing and matching of lineups and that he doesn't view it as, you know, young guys versus veterans and that he views it as more so, you know, mixing and matching offensive and defensive players and trying to find the right, you know, mix of guys on the floor on any given night. And the Rockets were sorely missing Alper and Shingun in this game. Um, his playmaking was definitely missed. It was so readily apparent. The Rockets with only 17 assists in this one, only two assists over the final 15 minutes of this game, everything devolved into isolation. There was no ball movement. They weren't moving the ball side to side. And I'll harp on that a little bit more in the, in the third segment, when I talk about their offensive woes, um, because defensively this team's actually been relatively like, okay. Through the first 
11 games of the season. They haven't been phenomenal. It's not anything to write home about, but they're able to lock in occasionally on defense. And that's been impressive. That's been, you know, uh, at least a silver lining is that at times the defense from this team is passable. It, you know, coming into the season, it was supposed to be the offense that was going to be passable slash good. And the defense was going to be like an absolute train wreck. So far, the defense has been at times passable slash good, and the offense has been an absolute nightmare. And uh, again, a big part of that feels like some of these rotations are a little questionable. And I don't like, here's my thing is in this game, Steven Silas had only gone eight guys deep. And I was sitting here wondering, okay, when are we going to get our, our regular, you know, helping of DJ Augustine spot minutes uh, as the backup, you know, point behind KPJ never got any DJ Augustine in this game. In a game where they were already missing Alper and Shingun, DJ Augustine, whether, you know, there are some people that have been for the DJ Augustine minutes. Others have said they don't need him out there. I think in a game where you were missing Alper and Shingun's playmaking and facilitating the ability to run the offense through him in the high post uh, at the elbow, that kind of thing, you needed to have DJ Augustine out there to create a little bit for the team because the offense just absolutely fell apart without Shingun in that second unit. So... You know, don't understand that decision there. I think that was a wild decision to not use DJ Augustine in in a game where you're already missing your best playmaking big, um, arguably your best playmaker off the bench. And following that, uh, we got some Josh Christopher minutes for a brief stint. He got five five minutes and immediately checked in, scored a bucket, uh, had an assist, was a plus six in his five minutes. So I was ecstatic for the early Josh Christopher run. But then he didn't see the light of day for the rest of the game. He just got five lowly minutes. That's it. Uh, Eric Gordon with 30 minutes off the bench. David Nwaba with 12 minutes. Daniel Haas Jr. made his return to the Rockets lineup after missing the last six games. Played 19 minutes. Had eight points. Three of nine shooting. Two of four from behind the three-point arc. Two boards. Two assists. It was an all right game from Daniel Haas Jr. Um, he had he played some he played a little some decent defense, but getting. Daniel Huss Jr. back into the mix of things and then shorting KJ Martin on his minutes is not the answer to me. KJ with just nine minutes in this game, only two points, uh, had three shot attempts, four rebounds, but he plays with so much energy and is able to really get out and run in transition. He has great chemistry with Kevin Porter Jr. Seemingly at least once per game, they're able to kind of find each other and connect on something for KJ inside and for a team that struggled to get anything going inside against the Pistons defense late in this game, maybe having KJ Martin out there would have been kind of nice. That said, some of the, it's not just about who's getting minutes and who's not getting minutes off the bench. It's some of the decisions of how to stagger certain guys. Um, Early in this game, when Kevin Porter Jr. was getting his first rest, Jalen Green and Eric Gordon were the two guards out on the floor. And so I'm thinking, okay, great. No DJ Augustine in this game. Eric Gordon and Jalen Green on the floor. Jalen Green should handle the basketball, right? And then the Rockets decided to run the offense through Eric Gordon instead, with Jalen Green still stashed away at the three-point line. That decision makes very little sense to me. It's the fact that the Rockets don't showcase Jalen Green more offensively is mind boggling. I I seriously cannot wrap my head around it. He's supposed to be the 
cornerstone of this franchise. He's supposed to be the future superstar of the Houston Rockets. And yet it feels like he is a, at times like a last resort offensively or that, you know, he only gets his shot attempts once a play devolves and breaks down. And then he's forced to try to create something out of nothing with a handful of seconds left on a, on the shot clock. Um, and a big, a big part of that is when the Rockets ball movement breaks down and everything devolves into just isolation plays, but they're not doing anything. I think to, it it really feels like they're having to fight so hard for all the looks that they get. They're not doing themselves any favors offensively. They're not creating advantages. Um, and again, a big part of that is what are they doing with these rotations at times? You know, I'm still, I'm, I'm pretty firmly like out on the starting the starting lineup of Daniel Tice is frustrating. There's no other way to put it because Tice does not provide you having Tice and Jay Sean Tate in the starting lineup is so counterproductive to proper floor spacing. And it's frustrating because there's a reason, right? Everybody, you know, clamors for, you know, why are we not seeing Christian Wood involved in more pick and roll with Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr.? It's because Daniel Tice needs to be the role man because Christian Wood is a better spot of three-point shooter than Daniel Tice, right? And can uh, can attack more effectively off the bounce. And Daniel Tice is the best screener that the Rockets have. So all of those factors at play, Daniel Tice is the guy that does the majority of on-ball screening for KPJ and Jalen Green. Christian Wood is spotted up somewhere in the corner or out on the wing. And that's kind of how the offense looks, but they're also running so much, like so many dribble handoff sets, so many, you know, and they're not just little curls for KPJ and Jalen green, and they're not getting anything out of them. Like it's just extended dribble handoff sets, trying to move the ball side to side on the court. And they're not creating an advantage, which is just frustrating to see on a nightly basis, watching other teams and how they're able to generate some advantages offensively. Um, I do want to keep talking about the Rockets offense because it's kind of a, a, a perplexing part of why this team is struggling so much, uh, as well as I want to highlight Kevin Porter Jr. and Jay Sean Tate's performances in this game against the Pistons. And we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at McDonald's. Because this episode of Locked on Rockets is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. Look, when I see McDonald's, I immediately think of like, you know, being in middle school, coming, you know, my dad would pick me up from basketball games in middle school. We'd go hit the McDonald's right down the street from my house. All I would eat was chicken nuggets when I was growing up. I was such a picky eater. All I would eat is chicken nuggets and barbecue sauce and fries. Now I've, you know, kind of diversified my palate a little bit. Love me a good spicy chicken sandwich from McDonald's. If I'm going to have like a whole meal, if I'm like really hungry, I'll get the Texas home style burger, extra mustard, extra onions, extra pickles, large fries, Dr. Pepper to wash it all down with such a great meal for McDonald's. Can't go wrong with it. Uh, look, when it comes to McDonald's, everybody's got, I feel like a positive experience from McDonald's. What's your positive experience from McDonald's, right? A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. So I do want to continue talking about this Rockets offensive situation as well as just it's right now things are kind of a mess. Like I'm going to be completely honest. Things feel like they're kind of a mess with this Rockets team. Um, they should have won this game. Like, I'm sorry, they... They should have never gone down. They, they went down by as many as 14. They should have never been down that far. They should have had a comfortable lead at halftime. They should have executed. Like, 
this team seemingly plays to the level of its opponent like against like good teams and bad teams right because they were they were very much in some of those games against uh, against the Lakers against the Suns the Warriors the Nuggets they were in those games right and they were in this game against the Pistons and for some reason they just can't put together a complete game and it's the it is the most frustrating thing the players are frustrated you can hear it you know from the post game when they're talking about these losses how they're stacking up that they haven't been able to put together a full 48-minute contest yet. And again, they're not doing themselves any favors. You know, the 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 turnovers are one thing. Sure, they're a young team. They're going to turn the ball over. That's to be expected. The, the thing that doesn't make any sense is the free throw shooting. How they have just, they cratered in their free throw shooting. They have lost games literally because they cannot hit free throws. And that is upsetting. That is has got to be maddening for Steven Silas and company because that's just about players hitting their shots. That's not about X's and O's. That's not about rotations. That's not about anything other than just hit your free throws when you get to the free throw line. The Rockets were 12, or sorry, uh, not 12. That was wrong number. 22 of 34 from the charity stripe in this game. They missed 12 free throws in this one. In a game they lost by eight, that they were within one point of down the stretch of this game, they lost by eight, and they missed 12 free throws. That is just absurd to me. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. was a big part of why the Rockets attempted so many free throws in this game. Uh, He was aggressive, right? You like the uh, the aggression from Kevin Porter Jr. offensively, uh, really fighting to get to the free throw line. I thought he was... I don't want to say sensational, exceptional in this game because he still had the five turnovers, but he was aggressive and, you know, he was looking to really get his and did it, you know, seemingly within the flow of the offense. But again, it's the Rockets are having to fight so hard to create these opportunities. They're not getting out and running as much as they should be. They're not, you know, getting out in transition. And part of that is it comes from, you know, if they're not getting stops, then it's really hard to get out and run in transition. And especially in that third quarter where Jeremy Grant was making everything that he threw towards the basket, it's really tough to get out and run when that's happening. So they weren't creating those opportunities in transition for them to score with ease at the rim for their young guys, for KPJ, Jalen Green, to get out running where they can find a little bit more success. I want to highlight Jay Sean Tate because – he had 14 points, four of nine shooting, missed his only three-pointer, was six of nine from the charity stripe, so frustrating that he missed three free throws as well. Had eight boards, an assist, two steals, and a block, and only one turnover in his 29 minutes. I've got two points to make on Jay Shantae. One, Jay Shantae should never play less than 35 minutes a night. Like, he is probably the most impactful Houston Rocket when it comes to winning. Uh, he was a plus nine Jay Shantae was a plus nine in a game that the Rockets lost by eight points. That is absurd to me. So Jay, there's, there's zero reason that Jay Shantae should ever play less than 35 minutes a night unless it has to do with foul trouble, which I do believe in this one he was dealing with a little bit of foul trouble. That said, I, I, you know, at that point, Sometimes if you're a coach, right, sometimes if you're silent, you just got to trust your player to not pick up the the extra foul. I believe it was two early fouls, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, you know, at that point, though, if you're Steven Silas, maybe you just trust and you say, you know what, I'm going to leave him out there. He knows he can't pick up his third, that kind of situation. That said, Jay Sean Tate is 
probably the most impactful Houston Rocket on this roster when it comes to winning on both sides of the basketball court. He makes winning basketball plays. He secures crucial offensive rebounds. He gets extra opportunities for this team. Speaking of extra opportunities, um, a moment that I wanted to highlight earlier that I, I didn't between this little this little battle between Jalen Green and, and Cade Cunningham. You know, Jalen made you know some winning plays in this game, and specifically the one that I wanted to highlight just because I thought it was it was you know had they won this game, it would have been the play that you wanted to like look back on and say, yeah, that play was instrumental in winning this game. Uh, Christian Wood airballed a three pointer in the fourth quarter, and Jalen Green saved the ball out of ba- you know falling out of bounds kicked it back into KPJ and KPJ drove to the rim and got fouled and hit two free throws. So that's two points right there for KPJ that the Rockets otherwise wouldn't have had had Jalen Green not saved that basketball from going out of bounds and kicked it back out to KPJ. So I just wanted to highlight that there. But as far as the offensive woes of this team, it it doesn't feel like Jalen Green is being showcased nearly enough as the offensive talent that he truly is. And I don't, I don't know what the answer. I mean, maybe run a little, like run some high pick and roll with Jalen Green, get him going downhill because when he gets his first step going, he's damn near impossible to stop. And it seems like so much of the Rockets offense just turns into, okay, let's move it side to side. Let's, let's try and keep it. Let's try and catch the defense out of position and get, you know, our, our dribble dribble penetration towards the inside. But there's so little off ball movement. There's no, nobody's cutting. Nobody's moving without the basketball. It just, it winds up looking like a bunch of guys standing around the three point line, waiting for somebody to create something towards the rim and force a second defender to come over. You know, there's no, there's no back screening. There's no backdoor cuts, none of that. And, and there's so many guys on this roster that are capable of that. Jalen green. We saw him do that in the G league. We saw Jalen green, you know, as an excellent cutter in the G league. Jay Sean Tate is an excellent cutter. KJ Martin is an excellent cutter. You know, these guys can make these reads and you can get some, you know, passing out of your bigs or some better ball movement just out of in really any of the five that are on the floor, because what it boils down to is you know, usually it's one guy holding the ball way too long, you know, way too deep into a possession, trying to create something for himself. And if he does, then sometimes it's a, you know, slightly contested shot attempt. Shout out Christian Wood. We see a lot of those from him. And at times, yeah, they're able to pull a second defender to them. And then that's when the ball movement kind of starts, but they can do that without necessarily having to like ISO for it. And I think that's where it's frustrating. You're seeing so many of the frustrations boil over for the players is they're not making anything easy for themselves offensively. They have so many different offensive tools. This team shouldn't be struggling offensively. And I think that's what the frustrating thing is. They're like their shot profile, their shot chart is I looking at it it I I can't wrap my head around it because they're not generating corner three-pointers. And I think that that's like a key, the key sign to a really to an efficient NBA offense is are you generating are you generating high quality looks and are you generating corner three point shot attempts corner three point shots are just pivotal for an efficient NBA offense they are one of the best shots you can take on the basketball floor and the Rockets aren't generating any of them they they only had four corner threes in this game against the Pistons Jay Sean Tate had. One of them, Daniel House Jr. had one of them, and Jalen Green had two of them. And they were only one for four on them. That is insane. Compared to 
The Pistons, who generated one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven corner threes for the Pistons. So, as far as the offense goes, you know they they they're swinging the ball side to side, trying to create an advantage, and they're not finding those advantages, unfortunately. And it leads to so many breakdowns offensively, especially especially in the second unit with with no Alper and Shingun out there, you know, with his playmaking and passing ability. The second unit in this game basically just devolved into Eric Gordon bully ball, right? Where it's give the ball to Eric Gordon and he's going to try and bully his way to the rim and either, you know, score right at the rim or kick it out to somebody at the three point line and hopefully get the defense scrambling at that point. So I can understand the philosophy, the idea of a drive and kick centered offense where you want to get, you know, guys going downhill towards the rim and then, you know, collapse the defense that way and then kick it out for open shots or keep the defense moving, having the next guy, you know, attack after the kick out. I get that. But the first like, but they need to create an advantage first before they can do that. And seemingly they're not doing that. KPJ, Jalen Green are you know, getting these dribble handoff plays from Christian Wood and Daniel Tice, and they're either not being uh, not being decisive enough in making their first move, or they're not getting to the rim aggressively enough. I will say KPJ's aggression in this game was turned up a notch, so I do appreciate that, but it still just doesn't feel like anything is coming easy for them. Whereas, you know, and I watch a lot of basketball from a lot of other teams around the NBA, and seeing how easy they create offensive possessions, seeing how easy they create opportunities for three-pointers, for shots right at the rim, for at mismatch, you know, opportunities, whether it be, you know, having a perimeter guy take advantage of a big on a switch or having a big take advantage of a smaller guy on a switch, all of these things, right? These are all different ways that you can create an advantage with an NBA offense. And it really feels like the Rockets offense struggles to do any of that at times. And I don't know if that's because the players on the floor aren't following the game plan. I don't know if it's because of Steven Silas. I don't know what the problem is, but there needs to be a solution because right now there's, it's just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating basketball to watch. Nobody expects this team to be playoff caliber to be good, but there is talent on this team and watching that talent struggle because they aren't moving the basketball because they're not running any set plays for large portions of this game because they're not creating advantages offensively. That is upsetting as a fan, as somebody who covers the team, I would like to see better from these guys moving forward. So that's my big takeaway is that I'm a little bit frustrated with where this team is at right now because there's points where this team looks really, really good. There's points where they are moving the ball, where they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and things look great. And then there's other times where they just seemingly forget how to do that. And everything just deteriorates into isolation play and one-on-one and I'm going to try and get mine. And that's not fun basketball to watch. And it's not conducive to winning basketball games as evidenced by the Rockets now nine game slide, unfortunately. So with that, those are kind of my final points from this one. Uh, Again, they should have won this game, and that's that's the frustrating part. Is I'm not going to walk away thinking that they shouldn't have won. Um, shout out to Rockets legend Kelly Olynyk who did uh, play in this game uh, as part of the Detroit Pistons. Kelly Olynyk coming off the bench for the Pistons. He's not in the starting lineup. It's a little subtle shade uh, for Daniel Tice. No, I I don't know. I, you know. Alper and Shingun should be the starter moving forward, and that's that's my final point on this game. With that, that's going to do it. 
As always, appreciate you checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing to the show, free and available on every podcast platform you can imagine, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, as well as the brand new Locked on Rockets YouTube page. Check us out there. Hit subscribe. Comment on the video. Let us know how you thought the Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham uh, battle went. Who won the battle in your mind? Who was the better player between those two guys? Let us know in the comments. But for today's episode, that's going to do it. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.